You're listening to the Blended Family Podcast, a weekly show with a strong focus on strategies and methods to help your family thrive. Blended families face many difficulties and challenges, which can sometimes drive families apart. The goal of this podcast is to help your blended family grow together through these challenges to create the peaceful and loving home you desire. Here is your host, Melissa. Hi, you're listening to episode 138 of the Blended Family Podcast. I'm happy you decided to join me today. Later in the show, I've got a family interview for you to hear with a lovely guest. I have just a couple of announcements first, and then we'll get into our topic. First, I wanted to talk about the coaching. I love working with you and your family, whether it's just with you or with you and your partner or even with the kids. When you book a session with me, you get to decide how you want that to go. I'm happy to work with one or all of you. I have kept my introductory price of only $65 all this time because I wanted everyone to have an opportunity to use my coaching services. And I know that blended families are costly. Believe me, I know. We just spent a small fortune on back to school expenses. Unfortunately, I can't keep the price that low forever. I'm sure you understand that I don't receive any money from the podcast. In fact, I spend money to keep it going for you, and I spend a lot of time on it as well. So I just wanted to give you a heads up that come the new year, I have to raise the price a bit, and this won't be until January 1st of 2018. So if you have contemplated booking a session with me, now is a good time to do so before I have to raise the prices. To book, just go to blendedfamilypodcast.com forward slash schedule, click the option for coaching, or if you're still not sure, click consultation and we can have a quick chat to see if we're the right fit. I just did that the other day for someone because she wasn't really sure uh, how we'd work together and we had a little 15 minute conversation and it was able to make up her mind for her. Also, ratings and reviews for iTunes, it really helps me out if you want to leave me a review. Good ratings and reviews help me out in iTunes to be more visible. That way more families can find the podcast and join our community. Uh, Blendedfamilypodcast.com forward slash iTunes is the link, and I'll even read your review on the show. So thank you so much for doing that. I truly appreciate it. And all of the links will be in the show notes for you in case you forget. So let's get into the show today. I've got a little bit of a shorter topic, but hopefully it will be meaningful for you today. I'll be happy when fill in the blank. How many of us are walking through life waiting for the next big thing to happen? We look externally to find things to fulfill us, a new home or car, a new job, a new relationship. I'll be happy when I can finally take that vacation. I'll be happy when I get a raise. And we're human, so it's normal to do this. And the same thing happens with our blended family, right? I'll be happy when we get married. I'll be happy when the kids start getting along. I'll be happy when the ex gets out of our life. I'll be happy when the kids go to college or when we stop paying child support. This is part of the human experience, and there's nothing wrong with striving for more or dreaming of better things for your life. I actually encourage dreaming, and I definitely encourage people to want better for their lives and families. Where people get into trouble, though, is when they can't be happy until they get whatever it is that they want. And maybe this isn't you, but you've seen it before in someone else. But I think all of us have experienced this in our lives at some point. You may have noticed that once you achieve or attain that goal, 
you still feel that emptiness inside that you thought would be gone. Or once you finally get what you've been waiting for, you suddenly want something else or something more. And I experienced this personally with my work. As soon as I achieve a level of success that I was hoping for, that's no longer good enough for me and I want more. And I'm okay with that to an extent because I think that part of that is healthy and it keeps me driven. But sometimes I know that I have to learn to be happy where I'm at right now. And I see this with the kids too. My son, for example, he was so unhappy when he didn't have a car. He kept saying that as soon as he got a car, he'd be so so happy, excuse me. Then he got his car and he still wasn't happy. Then he said as soon as he graduated, he'd be happy, but he wasn't. Then he said when he turned 18 that he'd be happy. Well, guess what? He turned 18 and he still isn't happy. Why? Because he's looking for something on the outside to fulfill him, and that's never going to work. And as long as we're all doing that, we'll never truly find our happiness. Happiness must come from within, no matter how much money we have, who our friends are, who we're in relationships with, what job we have, and what family life we have. Now, I know that's easier said than done. Some of us are struggling right now. Some of us are in abusive relationships. Some of us are struggling financially. Some of us can't get our blended families to, well, blend. And I can't make that go away for you today. But think of it this way. Whatever it is that is making you unhappy right now, is dwelling on it helping you? Is being unhappy helping that situation get better? You might be thinking, well, pretending to be happy isn't going to help either, but I'd argue with you here. Sometimes fake it till you make it actually works. And we all have one life to live and we get to make a choice every day whether we'll decide to be happy or not. We make a choice whether we wanna be joyful or sad. After going through my depression a few weeks ago, I completely understand that sometimes it's impossible to feel happy. Sometimes you have to really push through. And I've been really working on this in my own life. So I'm not going to tell you that it's easy because it's not. It takes a lot of effort, a lot of work. Every single day, I have to make a conscious effort to choose happiness. But I'm doing it for myself and my family. And I don't know about you, but I'm tired of feeling stressed out and miserable sometimes. It feels so much better to be happy. So today, I'm going to challenge you to try what I've been doing. Together, we can create a happiness movement. So I'm going to share with you some tips and tools to help you along. And remember, we aren't trying to strive for perfection here. We're just looking to make improvements from where we're at. So here are my top 10 happiness boosters. Try some of them or try them all. Number one, meditate. I know I bring this up a lot, but everywhere I look, it seems to be recommended to help people achieve peace and happiness. I'm still working on learning the skill of meditation. So I'll let you know how it's working for me once I perfect it. Right now it is a struggle, but I'm determined to get it. Happiness experts everywhere recommend a daily meditation practice, even if it's only for five minutes a day. That's all it is. It's not hard to carve out five minutes a day. Number two, forgive others. Why does forgiving others create happiness in yourself? Very simple. Holding on to anger and resentment only causes pain to you. 
not to the one who hurt you. You don't have to forget, but forgiving is essential if you really want to create happiness in your own life. Number three, stop complaining. It's easy to walk through life complaining about all the stress we have or the money problems or whatever, but by complaining, we're focusing on what's wrong in our lives. It's okay to get upset, but refrain from complaining out loud. Don't let those complaints leave your lips. It doesn't change outcomes and it actually upsets you more because it causes you to keep thinking about your problems. Number four, have gratitude. Being thankful about what is going right in your life helps you to keep your focus in the right place. You can't have fear and anger where there's love and gratitude. Keeping a gratitude journal is a great idea, but even throughout the day, notice and become aware of what you're thankful for. When you get ready to complain, replace it with something you're thankful for in your life. That is a sure way to boost your happiness level. Even before you go to bed at night, you don't even have to write it down. Just think in your mind right before you go to sleep of three things that you're really thankful for in your life. Number five, smile and laugh more, even if you don't mean it. Smiling, even if it's fake at first, helps you to be happier. Smiling at others, smiling in the mirror. If you find you can't bring yourself to smile, watch something funny. Laughing, real belly laughing, just makes the pain of life lift away. My kids usually know the really funny videos on YouTube, and so when I need a really good laugh, I ask them to show me something funny. And one that gets me every time, go look up laughing yoga videos and just try not to laugh. Those are great and you will laugh. Number six, practice self-care. So many of us are breezing through life, rushing around and not taking proper care of ourselves, me included, so I get it. There are three key aspects of self-care that you can't forget and those are sleep, diet, and exercise. All three of those work together to keep your body working at its best. We all know how cranky we get when we're overtired. Your diet is the fuel you're putting into your body. And exercise, well, it releases all kinds of feel-good hormones in the body. And when you do all three together, your happiness level is going to go way up. Number seven, do something that fulfills you. What do you enjoy? You must have a hobby or some interest that makes you light up. Whatever it is, whether that's painting, reading, athletics, or antique shopping, it doesn't matter. You just wanna make sure that you're giving that gift to yourself. We have one life to live and we can't go around doing things for others but neglecting our own needs. Doing what you love helps you stay in a happy state. And you should make sure that you're doing something that you love at least once a week, if not every day. Number eight, do for others. And most of us do feel happier giving than receiving. And there's a reason for that. It creates happiness inside of us when we do things for other people. So find one thing every day that you do for someone else. It can be holding the door open for a stranger or giving a homeless person some spare change. It can be helping a neighbor or calling someone who'd love to hear from you. Try it. It really does work. Number nine, Cut all negativity out of your life. Now, maybe we really can't cut all of it out, but we can certainly 
try, if you really pay attention, you might start to notice all of the negativity that comes out of your own mouth during a single day. Or maybe it's negative self-talk inside of your head. Or maybe you're surrounded by negative people. And you can't change your family, but you can pull back from negative friends who seem to do nothing but complain. And if it's your family, you can help encourage them to stop being so negative. I'm like the negative police in my house. When I hear someone speak negatively, I point it out and I right away ask them to replace it with something positive. I tell them, say something good about yourself right now. And I do that for myself as well. And we're never going to be able to completely eliminate negativity from everywhere, but we can learn to transform it right away so that we don't stay in that place. And number 10, be kinder to yourself. That kind of goes with the last one, shaking negativity, but really we're our own worst enemies much of the time. We abuse ourselves for the way we look. We put guilt on ourselves for making mistakes or for not doing enough. And we don't care for ourselves in the way that we deserve. Treat yourself like you would treat your child or your best friend. Think about that. Would you talk to your child the way you talk to yourself? Would you treat your best friend the way you treat yourself? No way. If you want to be happy, you have to be nicer to yourself. It all starts with you. So those are my top 10 happiness boosters. And let me repeat them for you. And they will be in the show notes. Number one, meditate. Number two, forgive others. Number three, stop complaining. Number four, have gratitude. Number five, smile and laugh more. Number six, practice self-care. Number seven, do something that fulfills you. Number eight, do something for others. Number nine, cut out negativity. And number 10, be kinder to yourself. Now, I know some of this is repetitive. I've definitely spoken about these in some previous shows, but I do think some topics are important to cover more than once. And achieving happiness is something that I know I'm gonna cover over and over again because no matter how much we practice it, it's hard for us to get there, right? It's three steps forward and two steps back, it feels like sometimes. And it's really hard to stay in that place. It takes consistent effort and reminders. And because we all have blended families, we have added stressors that threaten to take us out of our happy state every day. And I want you to stop saying, I'll be happy when such and such happens. I want you to say, I'm happy right now. So I want you to make an effort to work on it. That's your homework for this week. Let me know which methods work for you. And also let me know if maybe you have a tip to share that I didn't mention. You can email me at melissa at blendedfamilypodcast.com or you can continue this conversation over in our private Facebook group. And that one you can find at blendedfamilypodcast.com forward slash group. And once again, I know that I've been sharing links with you like crazy. So just if you forget them, it's very simple. Just go to the show notes and everything is right there for you. Now, as promised, I have a family interview with one of our listeners. I love when you, my listeners, come and share your stories because I think it helps you all to connect and also know that you're not alone in your struggles. So stay tuned after the interview to find out how you can be on a future show if you'd like. Enjoy. Enjoy. 
So this is the part of the show where we get to know one of our listeners and learn more about their blended family. Today I'm speaking with Sharon Kelly from Virginia. Her blended family has been together for over three years and includes six children. Four were hers previously, one was his, and they had one together. The ages of the children are 21, 18, 17, 14, four, and seven months. So a big range in ages there. Sharon, welcome to the show. Thank you for being here. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Of course. So the first thing I want to know is for you to please tell us your story. How did you meet your partner? Um, I met my husband uh, we, uh, at church. We actually went to church together, um, and uh, he reached out to me, and um, we connected after that um, and started dating. And uh, shortly after we uh, started dating, well, actually, we weren't, we weren't actually dating as of yet. He had told me that I was a woman that he was to marry, and uh, we were talking about dating, and it was during that time that I had found that, um, that we had discovered that he had had a child on the way. Um, and we continued to date and made a decision later on to marry. Um, I was divorced and had four children, and here we are today. Wow, that's a great story. And then you had another baby too. So that's interesting. Mm -hmm. That adds, what did you think about that? Did that add to your family? Like, did you find that it brought everyone closer together when you added that child? Um, I think it, it was a conversation that he and I had had prior to marriage uh, on whether or not we were going to uh, have a child together. Um, I was, I have to tell you, I was very uh, reluctant about it because my children were much older. So um, I wasn't really thinking that I would have another child. And as time went on, we discussed it and decided that that probably would be best. And even when we were going through premarital counseling, one of the things that the counselor talked about was that us having a child of our own would assist in blending the family. And I have to say that it, the children were already well balanced and blended together prior to um, us having our, our baby together. There wasn't much of a transition for them to blend. And I think partly it was because his son was so young. Right. Um, so when when I met him, um, she was pregnant. So it wasn't when he came, when, when we did end up bringing him to our home after marriage and the kids were around him, they were already in their mind. They already knew he was coming. We talked about it. We um, we we talked about how it would be. So they were anxiously actually waiting for it. Um, so it wasn't too much of a, a transition to blend. So once we had our child together, it really was no different. It was like just having my stepson all over again because that was the new baby in the home. Yeah, well, that's good. I, I have heard a lot of people say that it helped everybody blend together, and that's something that I didn't do in my personal relationship. We had two and two, and that was just enough for us uh, because our kids are so close in age, and we and they were young at the time, so we didn't do it. So that's good to know. So the next question is, I want to know what is your biggest struggle and what is your greatest joy? So I want to know, in your opinion, what is the best part and the worst part of having a blended family? I would say the worst part of having a blended family is not having the kids all together at one time. Um, that is very difficult for me. Um, and I say that for, for 
in, in situations where obviously my my two older ones are, are no longer in the home. They're grown. They've they've moved moved out and um, and are uh, in college away and also in the military. And then I have my stepson who doesn't live with us full time. So when we're planning vacations, we have to obviously try to plan vacations around the whole blended situation because everyone isn't in the same area or available at the same time. Um, my two oldest just recently moved uh, moved out. So initially it was just trying to, to make sure that we coordinated everything around my stepson who did not live in the home full time. That was, for me, that's very difficult. I like the idea of having them all together. I think it's healthy. I think it's what they all need in order to get to know each other. Mm-hmm. So that can be difficult for me. Um, I, I'm such a stickler about it that I, I at times don't even like to take family pictures or pictures because they're not all together at one time and I don't want anyone to feel left out. So, you know, so, and, and what would be, that's your biggest struggle. What's your greatest joy? Um, I think my greatest joy is, I guess, just being a parent, um, being a parent and, um, having the opportunity to be a part of my stepson's life, being a part of all my children's life that I've actually birthed as well as the child that we just conceived together. Um, it's, I enjoy it. I, I think it's, it's a fun experience watching them grow and develop, um, seeing what with my two older ones, I have the advantage of being able to see some of the things that they've learned along this journey of going through a family where that was intact to having to deal with the divorce to then having to be in a blended family and being able to sit down and talk about some of the things that they, they feel about that and being able to express with one another. Um, I enjoy that. I enjoy watching the growth and development and being able to sometimes even grow and develop with them. Yeah, I bet. That's wonderful. And so what are some of the lessons that you think you've learned along the way? Oh my goodness. There's so, so many. I, I, we would, it would be all day for me giving you all the lessons learned. Um, one of the biggest lessons learned I think that I have was, um, allowing decisions to be made, um, for my children prior to them getting to know my husband. Um, I was so big on, you know, I wanted the family to blend so quickly, so badly, wanted them to like him, wanted them to feel like this was home again, although it was not their biological father, but understanding that now this is a bonus dad, um, that I allowed too much authority, uh, up front, um, that I probably should not have had and given my children an opportunity to get to know him a little better. Uh, that was the biggest. And I, I tell anyone who's, who's transitioning into a blended family to, uh, be mindful of that, that, um, you have to allow time and growth for them to get to know each other. You have to, you have to, as a biological parent, you, you essentially have to be the face for that discipline. Um, because otherwise what ultimately ends up happening is there starts to be resentment toward, mm-hmm the set parent because to them that he or she is an outsider. That's right. So good. And did you want to share any other lessons or is that your main lesson? That was one of my main lessons. Um, another, another, I guess a lesson that, I, that is, is, was very difficult for me to process is that not everyone is going to be in support of the blend. Not everyone is in support of blended families. Um, and understanding that they don't have to support it but expecting them to respect it. 
um, and being okay with the fact that, okay, you may not be okay with the fact that my children have a stepfather. Uh, you may not be okay with my stepson having me as a stepmother, but at least respect our positions in their lives and allow our family to do what we believe we need to do in order to make the situation as normal as possible for them. Um, because a lot of times what happens is you as a, a family unit, you're trying to blend, you're trying to treat everyone equally, everyone fairly, but then you have, I would say mainly family uh, and sometimes friends who don't necessarily uh, agree with the blend and they will plant seeds and do things that will cause division or will show favoritism to the ones that may be the biological versus the ones that are the step. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think as parents, as, as a unit, as the husband and wife, you have to be willing to set boundaries and let people know that if that is your thought process, that's fine. We can't change that, but we're not going to allow you to plant those kind of seeds in our families causing dysfunction. It's already difficult enough to blend a family, um, let alone having people come in and plant seeds in your children's life and then make them feel like they are not connected. Um, that's just a whole nother bear that you have to deal with. And if you, if the husband and wife are on one accord and they set those boundaries, they, they do the things that they need to do to make everyone feel, um, the same love, the same, my, in, in, in our home, my stepson is not treated any different than my biological children who live with us 365 days out of year. Um, my, my, my daughter that's between my husband and I is not treating any different than my biological children that are from my ex-husband. Everyone is treated the same. Um, and that, that can be very difficult at times because a lot of times we, we, we try to overcompensate for what we think the child is missing. Uh, but I, I have to say that I think my husband and I do a very good job of that. And many times that's another lesson learned that that parents won't do and they will they will treat them differently based on um, their situation. And then what happens is there starts to be resentment toward the siblings because siblings notice it. They know when when one is treated different or one is treated better, even in even in an intact home where you have a husband and wife, you battle that where they're where one child would think they're, you know, treated uh, less than the other child. And, and they'll come to you and say, oh, you you know, you did this for Johnny, but you didn't do it for me. And, you know, so you have to in, this, in a blended family, I think you have to be even more aware of that because the children already are kind of, you know, on the fence about, okay, what does this really mean for me? Where do I really fit? And you have to work even harder to prove to them that this is family, this is home, and this is where you belong, and we're all treated the same, and we love you all the same. That is wonderful. And it's, it is such a shame that we don't know this stuff in advance, that we have to learn the lessons by going through some of the tough times and making some of the mistakes. And then we come out on the other side. That's wonderful. Um, you're so right, Melissa. You are, you're so right. Because I, I, there's so many times I've said, man, I wish I hadn't have done, or I wish I had have known this ahead of time, or I wish, you know, somebody could have told me that this was, it was going to be like this so that I could have done this differently. Yeah. You're right. A lot of times we don't know until after we've actually gone through it. And unfortunately, a lot of times when we've gone through it, we look back and we're like, man, hindsight, I wish I hadn't done it that way. I wish I had done this or. That's right. And that actually brings me to my next question, Sharon, which was, what is something that you know now that you wish you knew back then? Oh my goodness. Um, I guess, um, one of the things that I wish I knew now that I knew that I didn't know back then was, um, 
that it, that it was going to be a lot of hard work. It was going to be a lot of dedication. I mean, family in general is already um, hard, but I think I took for granted. Um, I know I kept thinking initially, I was like, oh man, this is going to be pretty easy. You know, I, I, um, you know, I, I'm divorced. I, you know, I, I've moved on. Um, my, um, my new spouse is great. He's wonderful. He loves the kids. He's great to the kids. And I thought because of all of that, that it would be a great transition. And it really wasn't because one thing that we tend to forget is that although we may have moved past the the divorce, the marriage, the previous marriage, it doesn't necessarily mean that your children have. And they don't all heal and deal at the same time. Um, I wish I had have known that back then, because then I would have made a little bit of different decisions related to that um, and not been so um, blinded in thinking that, OK, because I have healed and because this is a greater situation for them, um, that they would have thought the same thing. I remember at times I was thinking, wow, you know, they, they're so ungrateful. They don't even see it. They don't even see how God is blessing us in this better situation. I don't get it. And it took counseling. It took us going through family counseling for me to actually be able to recognize that, no, you're actually being selfish. You're only thinking about you and your deliverance and your bad situation and not thinking about that your children aren't seeing it that way. Mm. Um, so that was definitely uh, one of the things that I I know now that I wish I knew back then. Yeah, and I, I kind of laughed to myself when you said that because I was under this same delusion of thinking, this is great, this is wonderful, it's going to be easy and beautiful, and we don't realize at the beginning because we're, we're in that exciting new relationship and we have no idea a lot of times what's in store for us and how hard it's going to be. And so um, that that's actually my same answer. I wish that I knew too. Not that it would have changed anything. And you know what? Sometimes I think it's better that we didn't know because if we did know how hard it was, maybe we would never even stepped off taking that journey <laughs> in the first place, right? Um <laughs> If you could change one thing now about your blended family, what would it be and why? Oh, there's one thing that I could change about my blended family. Um, is that we would all work together as a team to raise our children. Um, I think that is so important to me. Um, I believe that all of us have an important part to play. My husband, my, my husband and I, uh, my children's biological father, my stepson's uh, biological mother. Uh, we all have an important role to play in our children's lives. Um, they're watching us. They're looking at us. We're the ones who guide them and um, and help them in making good decisions. We define relationships for them. We define so much for them, how to communicate with one another. Um, so that's, that's one of the major things that, to me, um, that um, that I would change is that we all were working together for the same common goal. Um, unfortunately, I think it's the the story is that you know uh, the the stepmom and the, the the biological mother don't get along, or the stepfather and the the biological father don't get along, or the stepkids don't like the step parents. That's the norm, unfortunately, and in in our in our world, that's what people seem to relate to, and that seems to be everyone's song. But it doesn't have to be that way. I think it's a choice that we all make um, to whether or not we're going to work together and and put the children's best interests. You know, what is in the children's best interest? The best interest of the children is for everyone to be able to communicate, work together to make the situation 
um, so much more uh, doable, so much more comfortable, so much more like normal um, as possible um, than to create an environment for them where they are already in a situation where they're not in an intact family, where it's biological parents, to now they're in a situation where they're in a blended family. And sometimes they're not in a blended family. They're just in a single parent home and they don't have the opportunity to experience seeing what it's like to have a mother and a father in a home together. Um, so to me, I think it's it's very important that families, when they do uh, are blended, that all people work together and try to eliminate as much confusion as possible. Um, think about what's in the best interest of the child and work toward that common goal of, of doing what's best. Well, what would you say are the relationships in your particular blended family um, between you and uh, the exes on both sides? How is that going for you? Um, I have to say that um, with with my my stepson's mother, I think we have a have a great relationship. Um, I think that um, she and I have done very well in respecting each other's roles. Um, I very much respect her role as mother. Um, she respects my role as stepmom. Uh, we we haven't had any um, any issues uh, between she and I. Um, as far as my my ex. Um, my ex-husband um, and my current husband, um, they have not necessarily had the best um, situation, but I'm believing for change. I think uh, there's always room and, uh, and growth, um, and I think that will come. I'm very hopeful and positive about that. Well, I agree. There is always, always hope for change in every family, no matter how dismal or grim something looks, uh, there is possibility for change. Sharon, what do you do to keep a positive attitude and a sense of peace? I'm sorry, say that again, Melissa. I asked, what do you do to keep a positive attitude and keep a sense of peace? Oh, what do I, oh, um, I pray a lot. (laughs) I said, I always tease my kids and and family and I say, you guys are going to bring me closer to the Lord. (laughs) (laughs) I spend I spend a lot of time praying. I spend a lot of time reading, trying to understand. I'm very big on trying to understand why someone does something. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of times it's not what we think. Most of the time we're completely wrong, um, and just just trying to to analyze. You know, someone's reaction when they do things, you know, are they doing it really because it's about me? Are they doing it because it's about something else? What can I do to, you know, help make that situation better for them? Uh, Is there something that I can do differently? You know, um, I try to always analyze as much as I can. Sometimes I I overanalyze, overanalyze things, but um, I try to spend a lot of time just, like I said, on my knees in prayer and trying to understand the situation, not just trying to see things through my eyes, but through the eyes of of others. Yes. And keeping faith is definitely a good way to bring peace into your life. Um, So have you found any helpful resources that you would like to share, such as any books, websites, podcasts, anything like that? Um, I'm still researching. I've, um, I've been, I found a book called the blended family. Um, and, um, just, just reading up on, on different things going, like going to counseling is to me is big. I say that to everyone, um, in our situation, um, when I was going through my divorce, my children and I were in counseling. Um, after the divorce, me and my children were in counseling. And then when my, my husband and I had decided we were going to get married, um, he and I were in counseling together, but then when we got married, as soon as we came off of our honeymoon, he was in counseling with my children. 
um, because I felt like it was important for them to have someone else on the outside who was a professional that could help them understand the process of a blended family, talk about what they were feeling about it, things that they may not feel comfortable with talking to me or him about. There was someone else they could. And I was very um, big on the, allowing them to express. There was no punishment. There was no, I'm not going to be angry at you if you tell me you don't like him. I'm not going to be angry at you, you if you tell me that you don't like the situation. Um, and so counseling, even with me saying that, sometimes children still won't open up and tell you. So counseling gave them an opportunity to express things that they didn't, they weren't comfortable with expressing to me, even if I gave them the okay to do so. Um, so that's a huge resource that I tell everyone. Um, you know, counseling is, is very helpful when you're dealing with a blended family. Yeah. And the last question I have for you is what advice can you offer to other blended families? Something maybe that you know you're doing right or something that you found helpful for your family? Um, I would, going back to counseling, I would say counseling. Um, uh, definitely going to counseling. I say continue to take time to communicate, um, spouses, communicate, 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 uh, talk, sit down and talk about, you know, uh, boundaries, talk about things that, that you're happy about in the family, things that make you unhappy, um, things that, um, that you, and, and I'm big on coming up with a resolution, a solution for things. Don't just give me the problem without telling me how we're going to resolve it. Um, so come to, it's blended family is a constant to me, the, the situation of having to deal with so many different, um, I think issues that you wouldn't normally have to deal with if you were in an intact family, um, are going to constantly be around. So to me, I think you have to be in constant communication with one another. You have to be on one accord. Um, you have to support one another, um, and you have to be willing to work hard because a blended family, I mean, marriage alone is not for the weak. Blended family is definitely not for the weak. Um, it's, it's very challenging. It can be very challenging because you're not just dealing with you and your spouse. You're dealing with you, your spouse, children that you didn't necessarily birth, children that you may love to death, but they can't. They, they can't stand the situation for it. So for how they're acting, you feel in love because of how they're behaving when it's really not about you and it's about the situation. Um, so many different elements of things that you'll have to deal with. So to me, making a decision to say, no matter what, we're going to stick together. We're going to pray together. We're going to fight this out because we love our family and we're going to work hard and do whatever we can to make it right and to make it work. I love that. That's great advice. Now, you have started uh, Family Life Lessons Learned to share some things that you have learned from marriage, having children, being in a blended family, in-laws, and dealing with family in general as a means to encourage others. And I know you have a Facebook page called Family Life Lessons Learned, and you have an Instagram account, which is at Mrs. Sharon Kelly, and you also do speaking engagements, uh, and I'll actually give out your email here for that. It's familylifelessonslearned at gmail.com, and and by the way, I'm going to add all of Sharon's links in the show notes for you so you can check her out. Did you want to talk about any of that, Sharon? 
Um, yes, just that um, as far as the speaking engagements, um, I'm, I do speaking engagements to talk about um, situations related to divorce, helping children deal with it, um, talking about what it's like being in a blended family, um, some lessons learned that I've experienced, things that I recognize that I could have done differently, um, as well as being in an intact family and lessons learned from that scenario. That's wonderful. Well, Sharon, thank you so much for coming on the show to share your story. It's so helpful to the rest of our listeners. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Of course. And if any of you want to connect with Sharon, aside from using the links that are going to be in the show notes, you can also find her in our private Facebook group over at blendedfamilypodcast.com forward slash group. Well, I hope you enjoyed listening to that interview with Sharon. If you think that you'd like to join me for one of these family interviews, just go to blendedfamilypodcast.com forward slash schedule and choose interview. Be sure to write in the sign up forum family interview. And once you do that, I will send you all the questions and anything else you might need. I hope you consider it because I really think it's a great way to connect and grow this community. I hope you enjoyed today's show. And as always, I'm so thankful that you listened. Have a great week. Bye. You have been listening to the Blended Family Podcast. For more information, please visit the website at blendedfamilypodcast.com. Remember, to create the peaceful home you desire, all you need is love.